Let me give you a little history. You know, people haven't been uh, here for very long, a lot of folks. So back in 2011, we began a Thanksgiving offering. We didn't call it that at that time. We actually called it One Day Pay, Don't Turn Away. And the first year, let me just give you a, just so that you feel what happened last week. The first year, you gave over $17,000 to UGM. And uh, that was a wonderful thing. The next year, 2012, you gave over $12,000 to UGM. What the Thanksgiving offering is all about is helping those who usually can't help themselves, the less fortunate, poor. However we can reach and help people is what the offering's for. So 2011, over 17000 2012, over uh, 12000 and 2013, gave to the Boys and Girls Club over 8000 Last year, you gave to Good Samaritan and to the ministry that we kind of tried to show you all ago uh, in Mexico that we've worked with for years. You gave last year over 17000 We split the two and did 2020, our 2020 vision, far and near, and it was wonderful. And this year, we chose to give to orphanages, two different orphanages, one locally right here in Coeur d'Alene and one in Honduras. I've asked people, what do you think came in? And not one person has shared high enough. Are you ready for this? What you gave to these two orphanages, 30,000, three. Three oh thirty thousand three hundred and seventy three dollars and forty four cents. I I just said, Wow. You sowed, if you understand the principle of sowing and reaping, and if you don't, you should. You should study that out. But you sowed into some, I think, of the best beautiful ground that you could ever sow in. Over $30,000. It's going to absolutely bless the orphanage in Coeur d'Alene, hands down. But what the other half does for the orphanage in Honduras? Oh my goodness. Thank you for giving. I think I speak for the church, I think I speak for the orphanage, and I think I speak for the Lord. Is thank you for, we have a saying around here, we give because we love. We love people, we love orphans. Another thing we say is my wife, she coined this phrase, let generosity be the boss of me. And thank you for allowing generosity to be the boss of you, amen? Isn't that beautiful? We're gonna dive into the word today. Father, thank you for this time, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we just recognize that you are here. Ah, oh, we're so thankful. Your love endures forever. You're so good. Your provider. You've blessed us beyond measure. Father, bless these two orphans. Bless the orphanages. Lord, bless our team in Mexico, God. Bless this time in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I've been talking about unpacking for a couple of weeks before the last week of the offering. Last week we spoke towards that on, um, on just giving. And before that I talked about unpacking. Will you say that with me, unpacking? And we talked about unpacking things like unforgiveness and guilt and shame. 
Though being born again and a Christian, some people carry baggage around with them that they don't need to carry around, and I think God wants to set them free. So we talked about unpacking, yes, but God wants you also not just to unpack, but he also wants you to be filled. Will you say that with me? Be filled. He wants you to be filled, and I want to talk about that today because the Bible talks about that you are a vessel. You are a tent, a jar, a pot, a utensil, a body, a temple, and it's for a reason. Listen to some of these scriptures today. 2 Timothy 2.21, some's going to be behind me on the Sky Bible, and some, you can write down the address. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel. Say that with me, vessel. A vessel of what? A vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master. How many of you desire to be useful of the master? Some of you. God bless the rest of you. I hope God does the work in your heart this Sunday. Be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. A vessel of honor. Say that with me, vessel of honor. Romans 9.21. Does not the potter, who you think the potter is? Oh, y'all go with me. Come on, 10 o'clock church. Who's the potter? Come on. Who's the potter? Come on, God. Does not the potter have power? It's gets a little different when my 8.30 service is more louder than the 10 o'clock service. You know, you've been up a bit. Come on. Does not the potter have power over the clay for the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? 1 Thessalonians 4.4, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are, here's a new word, the temple, say that with me, temple, temple of what? Of the God, and that of the Spirit of God dwells in you, vessel, temple. 2 Corinthians 5.1, for we know that if you, if our earthly, here's another word, house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. So just in those few passages, we read that we're vessel, tent, house, lump of clay, he's the potter, so forth and so on. Why? Why? What, what, is, the, what is the original intent for you to be a vessel. What is the original? Why? What, what happened in the very beginning of time? If you look at Genesis 2, original intent, and let's say it this way, first mentions is vital. You want to know first mentions in the Bible of why family exists and what is marriage, and on and on and on through life, you go to first Mentions. Look at the first mention here. Uh, Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of dust of the ground. Look at that right there. You can read right through that. Form, what? He formed man from dust of the ground. Tell your neighbor right now, uh, you're a good-looking dirt bag. 
J-O-J-O, I don't really, I don't like, really like that J-O. You just call me a dirt. I'm just saying that you were made from dust, right? And breathed, you would have just stayed a dirt bag if it wouldn't have been what, for what God did. The original intent of your vessel, your utensil, your tent, your, your cup, your, your, your pot, your jar, what happened? And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the breath, the, the sama, the, the spirit of the living God. He breathed inside of you, and the man became a living being. We put so much emphasis on the dirt bag, you know what I'm saying? We put a lot of, we, we dress the dirt bag, and we put makeup on the dirt bag, and we feed it. And we exercise it and tan it occasionally and we make it up and we clothe it and dress it up and occasionally even Botox it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> J.O., come on, J.O., nobody. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I can back it with scripture, you know. Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Somebody's like, yeah, that's my verse. I'm going to go get Botox. <laughs> we vitamin it. We take care of it. We rest it. We work it. Listen, the, the, the temple, the, the vessel, the body is not the end all. Your vessel, your temple is a means to the end. Your vessel, your temple, your tent, your jar of clay, it has a purpose. What is the original purpose is that you, listen, be filled. Tell your neighbor right now, be filled. This bottle right here, I'm just going to have to drink this down for a minute. This is a vessel, correct? It's not worth a whole lot, but it's serving its purpose. It's a vessel, it's a, it's a tent, it's a jar, plastic jar. It's, it serves a purpose. It's, it, it holds something. It, this one's original intent is to hold water, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, now it's empty. You know, it's not serving its purpose right now. God has an original purpose for you, and it's to be, it's to, let me get one, it's to be filled. You're a vessel, you're a tent, you're a jar, you're, you're, you're a body, you're a, to be filled, and then originally, when he breathed his spirit into you, that you would be filled with the spirit of the living God. I've been thinking about this on my prayer times and walking my dog, that am I surrendered? Am I in control of this? Or am I being filled and allowing God to be in control of the body? Well, Joe, Joe, my body is mine. Well, I don't know about that. There's a story in Matthew. There was 10 virgins that came to a wedding. Five was wise and five was foolish. The five wise, they came, they trimmed their wicks but they and they had oil but the five uh, virgins that were fools they had no oil keep your 
lamp trimmed and burning. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Keep your lamp trimmed and burning. See what the Lord... Are you foolish or wise? I think God is looking for a church that is wise. What made the difference is five had oil and five did not. What does oil represent? It represents the Holy Spirit. Are you a vessel waiting on the bride, the groom to come back? And are you a vessel full or are you empty? God wants you to be filled. He wants you to walk in your original intent. J.L., J.L., I'm full with turkey and dressing right now. I'm talking about he wants you to be filled with way more than that. He wants you to be filled with his spirit. God needed a vessel. He has got a spirit. He needed a vessel to what? walk on the earth with, to live through, to love through, to, as it were, bleed through, as it were, to be get beat through, stripes on his back through, to die through. And what vessel did he use? He used the vessel, Jesus. That's why he had to. He had to use a vessel. And let me let you know right now, Jesus is God. There's not Jesus and God. Well, it's a beautiful mystery. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But there's only one God, and Jesus is it. But he needed a vessel. He needed a, a temple. He needed a utensil to fill and to walk through, and he did that through the life of Jesus Christ. Stay with me. And then we look at Adam and Adam, here he is, just a dirtbag or, you know, a vessel. And all of a sudden, look, what, what's the original intent? Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. God wants you to be filled and fully alive. I believe there's so many believers who love Jesus, but they're packing stuff, they're full of stuff, and they're not fully alive, not operating in the full intent that God has for them, that they would be surrendered to the Holy Spirit to be fully filled and fully alive of the original intent. God's, his, his puff, that's what it means, a puff, a breath of wind, of life and spirit. He wants you to be this vessel here and not this vessel here. He wants you to be full. We try to, I think, Fill our vessels with all kinds of stuff. Has anybody ever filled their vessel with stuff before? Man, I'll be the first one guilty. Filling my, my vessel with stuff, ungodly stuff, at times painful stuff, uh, dysfunctional stuff, unforgiveness stuff, and guilt stuff, and shame stuff, and sex stuff, and all those, that stuff. And how many of you know that stuff, you know, it might be glamorous for a day or two, and that stuff goes away, and you try to fill it again with other stuff, and it just, the stuff doesn't work. God never made you a temple in order to be filled with stuff. He, filled, he, he made you to be filled with his spirit, alive empowered, breathed upon. Listen to this scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. 
flee sexual immorality. Come on, sometimes you gotta just run. Run, run, run for your life, run, run, tell your neighbor, run. Some of you think I'm, I'm playing. Sometimes you need to run from that computer. You need to run from that relationship. You need to run, run. That's not even what I'm talking about, but that might be for somebody today. Just run. Every sin that a man does outside the body, the stuff hits us from the outside in. The stuff is always just trying to bombard the original intent of what God wants you to walk in. We surrender to it, the wrong surrenderings. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple, there it is again, of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. How you like that? You're not your own. This is not mine. I try to act like it sometime, but it's not mine. It's God's for original intent that you be filled with the spirit of the living God. He says this, for you were bought at a price. We sang it a while ago. I stand, what, what was the song, Seth? I stand redeemed. How did it go? I will rise, stand redeemed, and over me. Come on. I will rise, stand redeemed. What's that redeemed mean? I will rise, being bought. He bought me with a price. Look. Man, if you, if you get this down today, I think you'll be doing awesome. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, your tent, your jar. Come on, your vessel, your temple. Glorify him in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Not with the stuff, but with the spirit of the living God. Come on, that's a daily choice. I have to wake up, screw my head on right, and say things like, I'm a blessed man. Man, God is good. He loves me. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Come on. All the truths of God's word. Luke 17, 21 says, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, look, the kingdom of God is within you. Wow. It's amazing what God originally intended for you and I to walk in. And the stuff that we allow in, the, the stuff that God wants to remove and, and, and remove and unpack the original design to be filled with the Spirit of God, the living God, and be fully alive. I just long to be fully alive and to walk in God's original intent, to be fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Help me sing this song one more time. I don't typically do theirs. There's nothing ever come close. Nothing can compare, you're our living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love, where my heart becomes free and my chains undone, your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory 
God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Man, I, I used to fill my, my life with all kind of stuff. You know what I love now? Is the Holy Spirit. His presence. Oh my goodness. Can I give you just an opinion? I think religion, I think religion is something that is created when we're not walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's for free this morning. If you have a religious aspect of you, you may not like this sermon. I just got to be honest with you. Religion to me is like getting a, you ever had a vaccine? How many of you had a vaccine? Vaccine, you get, I remember getting vaccines when I was little, you know, they give you a little bit of the virus, right? Give you a little bit of the chicken pox, a little bit of smallpox, a little bit, whatever. Why? So you don't get the full, you don't get the full virus. Well, I think sometimes, man, we just get a little shot of church. This is just enough, just enough, just enough. A little shot of Jesus, just enough, just a, just, just a little shot. When God wants to give you the full, beautiful virus of the presence and the feeling of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of a living God, which is not through religion, but it's through a relationship, walking, practicing his presence on a daily basis. Come on, somebody. Listen to this scripture, Isaiah 55, one through three. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? How many of us have bought stuff and bought stuff and bought stuff that really didn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in its abundance. Incline your ear, come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. You have a vessel, your vessel, your jar, your body, your tent was created for the Spirit. Holy Spirit. I used to say the Holy Spirit, you know, like the going, wait a minute, I would never call my wife the Radine. I, I don't call Seth the Seth or Jamie the Jamie because they're my family. They're a person. Holy Spirit is a person that dwells in each and every one of us if you're a believer today. He found a vessel in Jesus God found a vessel in Jesus. Listen to this scripture, Luke 4.1. Then Jesus, being filled, being filled, come on. <laughs> Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. You want to be led by the Spirit? First be filled with the Spirit. Some people don't, they don't know the ups, Upside, downside, discerning of spirit. First be filled. Be filled with the spirit. Jesus was a vessel that he found and he could use. And he was filled with the spirit. Mary was another vessel 
that he found, a, a virgin Mary that had not had sex, impregnated as it were by the Holy Spirit. Listen to this scripture. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Can you imagine that? A vessel that he found through Mary. John the Baptist said this about Jesus. Indeed, I baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow, what's baptism mean fully submerged emerged come on overwhelmed listen listen john was baptized in the in water but man jesus comes and baptizes you fully in the spirit it's so vital that we operate in our the the original intent why god created you and i he found a vessel in jesus he found a, a vessel in in mary he found a vessel in 120. 120. What did he tell him? Wait. Wait in Jerusalem on the promise. Look what it says. Acts 1, 4 through 5, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, there's teaching out there that this is not for today. Wow, if I was the devil, I would not want you to ever believe that you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit because of what that means. The Bible says that God's people perish for the lack of understanding. God, all through his Bible, wants you to be a vessel, a container, a utensil for his spirit. And he's restoring the church in Acts, and they're waiting, 120 of them. And look what it says. You shall be filled, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, J.O., I'm born again. I thought when I was born again that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, you were born again of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the disciples, after the crucifixion of Jesus, they were gathered in a room. And I say after the crucifixion because I think a person would have to be born again after the death and the resurrection of Jesus. What does Jesus do? He walks through the wall. There's the disciples. What does he do? He, like Adam, he breathes upon them, the Holy Spirit. I believe at that point they were absolutely born again but then what does he tell him to do wait go to jerusalem and wait wait on what wait on the promise look 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 what it says when the day of pentecost had fully come they were one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it was filled the whole house where they were setting. And there appeared to be the divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled. Will you say that with me? All filled? There wasn't none of this going on. They were all filled. 
with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and people around, some mocked and some, just like today, they didn't understand. They thought, these people are drunk. Look, they're jacked up drunk, man. Peter's like, wow, they're not drunk. It's prophesied. Prophesied what, what Joel prophesied. Look what Joel prophesies. And it shall come in the last day, says the Lord. I will pour out. Come on, think about the, the, the writing. I will pour out. I will pour out. I will pour, pour, pour. Pour into what? He's going to pour out. Some of you, I need to... I will pour out, listen to the word that he uses. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On who? What is he pouring out? Who's he pouring into? He says, look, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see dreams. Your old men shall dream dreams. Or your, your, your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream. I guess if you're old, you're going to dream. If you're young, you're going to see visions. <laughs> and on my men's servant and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Pour out what? It's not water onto the church floor. He's looking for vessels. He found Jesus. He found Mary. He found 120. Peter preaches. 3,000 were believed in Jesus, and they were baptized into Jesus. I believe that was baptism into water. Because John the Baptist had been baptized into the water for the remissions of sin. They baptized 3,000 and then they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were filled. One, Mary, 123. Hey, he still has enough spirit to fill you today. Why? Because God is spirit. He's looking for those who are empty that he wants to come and pour, man. He wants to fill you up to the original intent. That you be fully alive and fully feel. And I know that, yeah, jail, that doesn't go with my theology. Well, throw your theology out the door if it doesn't line up with God's word. Come on, man. You can't, listen, you can't tear pages out of the Bible. You can't tear pages out of the Bible because you don't agree with it. You just can't do that. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah, 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 you can. That's not God. That doesn't what he wants you to do. Man, he wants you to be fully alive and fully free and fully full of the original tent, his Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Amen? Amen. How do you know if you're filled full? Well, I think it's hard to describe something of the Spirit. Someone asked me one time after I was born again, I got born again in 86. And at 88, I was visiting some friends and family, and a guy came to me and says, you've been baptized in the Spirit? I says, I, I, I don't know. He says, well, if you don't know, then you probably aren't. That's kind of true. These brothers laid hands on me to be filled with the Holy Spirit in 88, two years after I was born again. Mess my life up. <laughs> Mess me up, man. The bars that I had been bouncing in, now I stand. Was I all, all so comfortable with this? No, it was quite awkward at times. But I was standing out in front of the bars preaching Jesus. My boss came up, my ex-box walked up to me, what are you doing, J.O.? 
on which these other street preachers, I'm not saying that you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and preach on the streets, but you might. I don't know. One thing that it's marked with is this, number one, power. Say that with me, power. It's like getting plugged in. It's like, hey, you can be a, a curling iron, but not be plugged in. How many of you got curling irons? Obviously, I don't. I don't have a hair dryer. I do for my coffee maker, but that's it. But to be plugged into the power. I got the power. Are you plugged into the, I got the power. See, you can be a Christian and not be plugged in. I'm just being honest. Gee, I don't like that. I'm sorry. I'm not here to offend you. I'm offending everyone today probably with my jersey already. But you have to be plugged in so that you, hey, the, the, the curling iron wasn't made to lay on your sink cold. Your blow dryer wasn't made to not run. It's there to blow your hair. Come on. Coffee maker. It's not there to stay unplugged. It's to brew your coffee. Come on. It's got to be plugged in. You got to be plugged in to the power of the living God through his Holy Spirit. Look what the Bible says. It says this, Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. I got the power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I'm going to let you know right now that that witnesses means martyr. Wow. If you're going to be a witness, a martyr, possibly, I don't prophesy that over anyone, but you better be plugged in. Amen. Amen. Plugged into the power. Number two, fruit-filled, power-filled, and fruit-filled. You'll know them by their fruit. Not fruity. We don't need fruity Christians. We need fruit-filled Christians. Amen? Amen. Listen to what the Bible says, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. How many of you get peace like this? Peace. Oh, I got to get some joy. Joy. I need some love. Love. How many of you get fruit that way? You don't get fruit that way. If you do, you're weird. You ever seen Christians try to be joyful when they're not? Like, dude, you're weird. Chill. Fruit comes from abiding. Fruit comes being rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. Fruit comes from abiding in the Holy Spirit, walking in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then guess what? You have fruit of the Spirit. Heavy fruit. Amen. The last one is to be faith-filled. I think these are some of the markings of a person who is spirit-filled, faith-filled. Listen to the scripture, 1 Timothy 1.14. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with faith and love that came from uh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you, Christ Jesus, I'm going to give you a crazy example, but just bear with me for a minute. I know, it's, I know it won't shock you. If Steelers lose today, 
could happen. I'm going to still be a Steeler fan. Been a Steeler fan for probably 40 plus years. I'm not going to not be a Steelers fan because they lose. I think that I'm somewhat of a faithful man. You know, I have my struggles. Been married 25 years. Just because we go through a losing streak, me and Ray Dean. You go through a losing streak as a married couple? Hey, if you're real, you're going to go through, you don't, you don't knock the ball out of the park every day. You go through losing streaks. But just because you go through a losing streak, you don't go to first round draft pick and pick up a 23-year-old new quarterback. You stay faithful. Now, I know there's plenty of people that's been divorced. I'm not here to beat up anyone with that. But I will say this. If you're married now, stay married. Amen? Is that okay? That's Bible. We're here to cheer you on and build you up and do everything we can. But you need to be filled with faith that comes through the spirit of the living God. Amen? Jail, how, how, how? Let me close with this. Stand to your feet, if you would. Stand, how, how in the world, J.O.? Everyone say, ask. ask. Listen to this beautiful scripture. Listen to this. So beautiful. Luke 11, 11 through 13. You fathers... If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? How many of you fathers would give your kids a snake if they asked for a fish? You wouldn't do that. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Oh, please, please, I beseech you, church, stop living for yourself. Surrender your tent, your jar, your utensil, your body, your temple, your jar of clay, your lump, your dirt bag, whatever you want to call it. Surrender it today.